Hello, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. How are you today? Hope you had a good weekend. We did all right here. We had a lovely weekend here in the Keys. Uh, Weather-wise, there's less traffic. Yes, I am getting to that point where I do not like it crowded, but you know, when you're in a tourist destination, you move here, it's beautiful, and it's connected to a high density populated area of South Florida, what do you expect? It's going to be, it's going to get busy there. It's not going to be like Bora Bora or something like that, where you have to go thousands of miles to get there. You got a major hub, one of the busiest airports in the United States, Miami, about 54 miles north of us. So what should I expect? Right? And it gets crowded. And schools have started again. Really early. It's getting earlier and earlier each year. I mean, there's probably numerous reasons why they're starting them early. Um, you know, down here, uh, as in places up north, uh, they kind of build in days off in the schools, like for snow days. He Down here, it could be tropical weather. But also, there is... You know, they were probably thinking maybe we need to do an extra week or two in case we have an outbreak of something in the school. You know, and I understand you listeners, you, a lot of you were fed up with it and stuff like that. And there's a lot of complaints about the things that were done. But, you know, when there something happens and you're not sure what's causing it, it, it sometimes it pays to be a little cautious. Some people may have said, hey, we are a little too uh, cautious and has had detrimental effects on our economy and our society. Yeah, it did. It did have some. But we deal with it. We grow with it. And everyone goes through those things every so often, every generation. Right? And uh, who's to say what would have happened if we were just ignored the illness and just let it run its course without getting uh, inoculated and coming up with a vaccine and things like that. But this show isn't about that. I'm going to get back to the weekend. So the nice thing about it being down here when it's slightly off season, I mean, we lose the, uh, the schools are back in South Florida. The schools are back in, and in, in the students. So uh, a lot of the people that come down for the weekenders, are gone. We're still getting vacationers. We still get vacationers because vacationers have become smarter. And as we've had discussions previously, when you check online for airlines or hotels, mainly it's the hotels and lodging down here was super expensive, super expensive during the peak times. And when it's off, hotels have, uh, you, you can demonstrably see a reduction in pricing when the volume's down here. And, uh, you know, it's a good time. It's a good time to to enjoy the fruits of our, I want to say fruits of our labor, the, the benefits of living down here in the Keys. To go on a trip, go on, you know, go south, go north, wherever. But uh, Sunday, this Sunday, we, we spoke to some friends of ours who had to, uh, they had a 4th July party and we invited them out for lunch. 
and they decided to take us out on the boat. And we went out on the boat for like five, six hours on a little, uh, you know, drop ride. And then we went to uh, the sandbar and hung out. Or it's that shallow area on the bay and just hang out there. The water was like class. It was just lovely. Nothing like just floating in, in the bay and just chat, hanging out and chatting. We, very pleasant, very... I guess, stress-relieving. Stress-relieving. So, you have to have that every so often. And we, we, did, we did that on our Sunday. That was nice. And Monday's our day off, too. And the wife and I spent some time together. Monday mornings is one of my spin classes at Mariner's Hospital. They have a gym that's open to the public. And I'm a spin instructor. And... During the class, people, uh, I mentioned during the class that I wanted to, uh, I left the, I have special shoes. In spin, they got shoes, uh, actually on, on, in biking, they have shoes that have clips on them. You can clip into your pedals. And what they do is they allow you to use the full range of motion, almost full range of motion of a bike without having your foot when you're normally on a bike when you're, you're pushing down on the pedal, that's the only power stroke you get. But when you're clipped in the bike, you also have, you can pull up on the pedal on the reverse side if you can get with the visual there. And it gives you more range of motion exercise. Well, in these spin bikes, we got the clips, and they also have these kind of fabric cages where you put the front of your shoe uh your athletic shoe in there. And it's a little harder because the front of the shoe is where most of the uh, where most of the emphasis is. And you're still kind of pulling up, but you're not pulling up with the same amount of energy. And I had left my shoes in my car and I said, you know what, I'm going to go and use my regular tennis shoes to work out with some of the students that are in the class that aren't using shoes that clip in. And you should just ignore that. But while I was talking, I, they mentioned, well, why did you not use get your shoes? And I said, well, someone was in my trunk and they took my shoes out of the backpack that I carry. And my wife was in the class and she says, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. And I said, real quickly, I said, when I said someone, that someone could be me. I said that to her, and a couple of these students that know me really well said, what a diplomatic answer. After the class, they said, what's a diplomatic answer? And they started talking about how I'm really diplomatic and I know how to talk, uh, not say anything about uh, women. I don't automatically take the sides in the gender wars, let's say. I'm very kind of equanimous about it. And I am. I think I am. Because I, I don't, there are still vestiges of misogyny, and I'm not a victim of a woke thing. It's just like a fairness thing to me. I had this, I've been raised with something of fairness. And I always thought that people have equal responsibilities in relationships, in uh, work relationships, romantic relationships, all these things, no matter what your gender is. And I realize that a lot of people share the same, you know, 
character strengths and character defects. And but the one thing I've I've uh, I used to say I was uncomfortable with compliments. I was uncomfortable with compliments. And what uh, a lot of times they say that's kind of a psychological disorder when you get when you first you know you start rejecting compliments and stuff like that. And instead of just saying, hey, thank you, that's very sweet of you, thank you, I appreciate that. And I'm not saying it happens a lot, though, when, whenever a woman tells me how attractive I am, how well-built I am, uh, how funny I am, I'll just say, you know, there's a lot of other people that are funny. And I realize I've had, especially since I've stopped drinking, uh, when I was drinking heavily, I, I, I still feel as if there's a tinge of ego out there whenever I'm around someone that's funnier or more well-spoken than I am, you know, or well-educated, well, you know, that put, put together things better than I am. I don't get as much, I guess, one of those asymmetric responses where when someone's very well-off, and I'm not well off. And people say, oh, you don't seem, you didn't win the lottery in life, did you? You work really hard to maintain your middle class lifestyle. And I say, yeah, I do work hard to do that. But uh, I don't feel bad about it. I don't. And I'm not one of those people that worries. I say, oh, I got to work because I got to work. You know, I made decisions that... I made bad financial decisions in my life, and I'm working to remedy those things late in life. But I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying what you're doing and just continuing on doing it, and working. And uh, but but to get back to it, they call me the diplomatic man. One of my students, Wendy, Wendy and Tracy, and and they were saying that in front of my wife, Abby, and they were saying how diplomatic I am and how I should give talks to other men on how to be more, you know, how to speak to women and things like that. And I said, wait a second, wait a second. I, I may be giving the wrong impression. And I'm looking at Abby and I said, Abby, why don't you, you know, I'm thinking in my head, I said, Abby, why don't you correct them and tell them he's not always like this. And I, I told them, I told him, I said, I'm not always like that. I have things, and I mentioned, yes, previously, previously on a podcast, when I have difficulties with technology, with technology, I get very frustrated and angry. And I've been known to really go through this uh, seven dirty words. Kind of much, if you were fans of, uh, very similar to, Junior Soprano on The Soprano, whenever he got angry, he used the C word. And I don't mean the one we use for a male rooster. A male rooster, which is a cock. At this point uh, of the show, I don't think I have to, because I mentioned a male rooster, that I don't have to put explicit on this. But I use the other C word. That, it, And it is... Um, it is a bad word here in the United States, though they use it rather liberally in Great Britain. 
and I used MF and all that stuff. And I've said and used it on my show. But I don't want to gratuitously see. I don't have to gratuitously do that. If I decide it's in, it's pertinent to the conversation, I'll do that. So, but I get, I digress again. Here I was being complimented, and they said you should write a book, and we'll help you with it. And this is how you talk to women. And I said to them, I kind of equivocated, and I said, well, you know, there's a lot of things I need to work on and things like that, but. I tend to see, I have a tendency to think there there is a need to remedy how some men speak to women, but I always feel like, how do you like to be spoken to? You know, how do you, how do you like to be spoken to? And that's, I'm not saying a woman, how do you as a person like to be spoken to? And I try to think that way. I'll speak to someone like that. I like to be thoughtful and caring and something like that because I like when people talk to me that are thoughtful and caring. C-A-R-I-N-G, not caring, like the K-A-R-E-N. Like a caring. No, a caring individual. I always enjoy that. And I, 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 try, to, I try to do that. Though I'm not always good with that. I get frustrated at work. I get frustrated when I work with technology and things like that. And I'm not over, always the most diplomatic. And when I'm, oh my gosh, when people talk about, if I'm at work and they talk about, he was such a great bartender and things like that. I said, listen, I have my bad days. I have my bad days and bad moments. When I get busy, I tell people, I start going into my automated mode. And my automated mode is just scanning the place to see what I need to do and stay on top of everything. I'm kind of, you're never really on top of everything, are you? You're just taking, putting out fires and things like that. But when I'm doing a particular job that uh, it's intense because you get for maybe, I may get like a couple hours where I'm just flying getting drinks, doing this, not having any really engaging conversation with anybody because I'm not that skilled where I can hold a conversation, remember five or six drinks, and then do the math on a, you know, 15-item order on a, on a handwritten ticket. So, no, there's a lot of work that goes on there. And then when I get distracted, sometimes I also get a little... Uh, reserved and stuff like that. But then again, many of us do. But I like people to know that, hey, what you see here when I'm doing what I'm doing here is not always the default image. I say, like when I'm pleasant and nice and like to share things with people, I said, this is what I like to be like all the time. But I use that energy. I guess when I get energized and things like that, I just become differently. So become a different person or appear to be a a different person because anybody can tell you like what you look like. You look like Superman or you look like Ben Affleck or you look like uh, the guy from House. Right? I'm not. uh, Anybody can tell you what you look like physically. And a lot of times you know, it's not a problem when they're telling you compliments, right? 
But do you really want someone to define you by your looks? Right? I understand that. Do you really want to be defined that way? Not necessarily. I, I do want to appear as if I'm a fitness instructor because I'm a fitness instructor. That's it. I don't have to be the most fit fitness instructor. I don't have to be the most fit, almost 60-year-old man. I don't have to be the best looking. I don't have to be the smartest, even though a lot of times I do have a know-it-all kind of mentality. Though I consider that, and I said, I am not sure, but this is what I believe. Sometimes I go like, I've been certain of things before. I've been certain of things, and I've been wrong. I've been absolutely certain about a fact. And, yeah, I have been wrong. So I know I'm not a know-it-all. I don't know everything. I I was just recently working on, uh, working with the daughter on a geography slash history paper and it was it was just kind of a, a, a critique it was a an abstract they wanted to write a a theme a theme and they gave them seven excerpts and it mainly had to do with political economy when we say political economy it was a it was commerce and politics and religion and society and they were div- diverse excerpts from historical uh, uh, going back in history from you know in China in India in Rome to uh, I didn't, they didn't incorporate South America I, I thought that was interesting and I don't know if there was one from the Middle East. So there were seven excerpts. And they asked to link them together. And each one was so desperate, disparate, let's say. They were not conjoined. There was not a a thing you could say between the seven other than they addressed how different societies, cultures, governments, religions addressed commerce and their role in it and the role of the individual in it. And you're asked to develop a theme uh, or, you know, some your thesis statement. And I could not think of a thesis statement that would be it was either too broad too broad, or, and, and if it was too narrow, it was narrow, I would only be able to incorporate half of the excerpts. And they said requirements in, in this paper, one of the requirements was that you incorporate as many of these excerpts into it and bring in something from the outside. Which is really easy. You have to do, you can just mention the United States, we have different parties, blah, 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 and say these things. But I was thinking about it and thinking about it. My daughter's a sophomore, right? And it was only a couple of years ago where she really didn't have much of a basis for history or geography. And now she's in an advanced placement that I, those questions 
were college level questions, I think, on her in her sophomore class. And I really didn't have a coherent thought on how these things linked and how I would develop um, a thesis statement. So, and I can always you could you could take pick one event and I could predict I could pick a thesis statement. One event. I'm looking at I have a two dollar bill that I have inside. I don't know why I have this frame. It may have been from one of my businesses and I saved a two dollar bill from it, but it's inside a frame. And I can just say the two dollar bill, my thesis statement would be the two dollar bill is not widely used in the United States because it's considered as a novelty. And then I can go into the in depth of it. The, that's my thought. It's considered a novelty. And to some people, it's considered almost fake. And I, I just developed that thesis. I didn't think about that before. What I thought about was saying, oh, yeah, the $2 bill. If you go to a certain store and stuff, there's a young person behind the counter. They'll look at that. And some of them say, this isn't. What is this? What are you giving me? It's a $2 bill. It's a legal tender. It is. And they still, I think they still print them because every time I get one, it looks like really crispy. You know, like right off the press. When I was younger, we would go to, uh, let's say, historical sites and, uh, and especially around Philadelphia, if you go out to Valley Forge, where I was born. I was born yeah, I was born in Valley Forge. Not during the Revolutionary War. Just so you know, but uh, when they had a, a military hospital there. At one point, they had a military hospital in Valley Forge. And you could buy replicas of continental currency, currency they used during the Revolutionary War. And it was all aged paper. You know, parchment-looking paper. It's kind of brown. It's kind of funny. They should have made it like look like the paper. You know, you go to a place and they're recreating the current things at the time, like the the small cabins that the troops stayed in at Valley Forge, and then they're selling you money the way it would look now if it still was around. Which isn't, you know, it's like if you went into a, a continental, a, a tavern that was replicating the, the uh, uh, what the tavern experience was in 1777, you wouldn't want a roast beef uh, that the way it would look if it was 200 years old, you'd want it the way it would have been cooked back then. So, because that's how you experience it. You don't want to experience like you, just like, I want to look at someone that looks like George Washington or look at actual George Washington just be looking at bones inside of a uniform. So here I go. I'm, I, I get off the topic again. So my ego had me thinking, well, I should be able to do, um, when I get back to my daughter's uh, homework assignment, I should be able to help her and explain this. And I didn't really understand it. I would love to go and talk to the teacher, but I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, am I going to embarrass the teacher? I said, what are you doing here? There's not a cohesive theory in here. You're going across governance, religion and societal views of commerce and their divergent views of commerce 
So there's no way to manage a coherent argument within each. Now, if I wanted to just take, uh, you know, some Chinese dynasty from the 8th eight, century before the Common Era, because they use BCE now, um, I don't think they need BCE. They can just go with before Common or AC, after Common. And I understand that would burn people up, you know, you know, Anno Domini, you know, Anno Domini, uh, or before Christ, you know, BC. That's that's kind of chauvinistic, especially when you have people that most of the world is not Christian. That it would make sense. I know it pisses people off. Why can't they just give us the end? Before Christ and after Christ. Well, if you believe in him and you worship him, you know he doesn't care. He's not going to go. He's not that. You think he has that kind of ego? He says, well, they're getting rid of that. You know, I like that. You know, even though I wasn't around, I like when they said they mentioned me 600 years before I was born. I mean, pretty good, wouldn't it? I was born in 1963, so I can go uh, before Jim, B- BJ. Yeah. 20 BJ was during World War II. 20, 20 BJ. You know, just mi- minus it. And it just turns out the date of your birth, you know, your Jesus, the date of your birth is zero. Right? And then your last of 32, so your, um, is, is A.D. after his birth or after his death? 32. And now you have to get them all in sync, right? Because the the Chinese calendar, the, the Korean calendar, whatever calendars they had in Polynesia, in South America and say, well, what happened in 1400 A.D. in Chile? And they go, well, no, they used a different calendar, so we're going to have to link that calendar. Well, who knows, right? It's all about the ego. So, so when someone tells you who you are and you just take a little too much credence to what they're saying, it can lead you astray. Because you know, if you have an actor away, you can know who you are. You know who you want to be. I don't mind being the handsome, fit guy. But I'm not just the handsome, fit guy. I'm not just the bartender. I'm not just the podcaster. I'm not just the uh, fitness instructor. not just the dad, the husband, the son, the brother. I'm other things. Um, other things than with the good and the bad. Though I like to work on the good, the bad is like, you know, bad qualities are always like the things you shove under your bed. They're always going to be there, but they're under your bed. No one sees them and you don't let them out as much. You know, you keep a box under your bed with your hidden secrets in it. You know, your old love letters. On phones nowadays, I don't know if I, for some of my older listeners, they have 
you can lock your folders down with passwords. Meaning if you have emails or, and you know, very best of hackers, I'm, I'm sure they can crack those things. But to the uninitiated, once you lock a file down, let's say a picture, someone sent you a picture when you were single and you don't want to get rid of it. And you're just recently married. I said, I'm going to keep this girl was very attractive. And you may want to keep that picture so you can always remember at one time in my life, a very attractive female thought I was deserving of being sought, sent these pictures. Yeah, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But you gotta you gotta be careful that you, you fall into this thing where people tell you who you are and you you know just it's it's not necessarily who you are and you don't feel you feel like an imposter and you say oh thank you I'm glad you can say thank you I've been striving to be that way I hope I can I can fulfill those things I can be diplomatic or I can be friendly or it can always be the good dad or the good husband, the good cook, the good neighbor, the good tipper. <laughs> that was in a Seinfeld bit. Well, those, like I said, is very important to kind of square those corners on what people think you are and what you really are and being kind of like, hopefully you're meeting in somewhere in the middle there. And this way, you don't have to feel like an imposter. You can just feel good about yourself. I say, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad someone thinks that way. I've been striving to do that. I've been striving to be diplomatic. So maybe, maybe something's working for a change. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening today. And I hope you have a really good day. I hope you enjoy the rest of it. This is Jim the Keys bartender. And I will be back again. I think I'll probably do one tomorrow. I do have a meeting in the morning, which is really funny because I schedule it. They have this automated meeting software. It says, you would, what time would you like to have the meeting? Would you like to reschedule the meeting? It's asking all these questions. You put your name in. You Anybody else you want to invite? So I put it in. And because... Uh, from this this gentleman in um, another country I made a business proposition and the business proposition is probably for me to separate some of my money from my my uh, accounts so I'm gonna have to view this and see what's in it for me when I'm gonna get for it you know he's talking about exposure and stuff like that so maybe maybe it'll work maybe it's not uh, just so if you do listen to the shows and you say hey uh, do you need more exposure? You need more followers? No, no. I do. I would like to have more listeners, and I would look. I would like to get more spot. I would like to get a sponsor. But uh, I'm taking a different tactic. That's why I started the other podcast, and it's not going to be all about me. It's going to be other people, and that's the Conk Chatter podcast. And I did my first real interview with a local uh, fisherman, and I think it worked out pretty good. Well, thank you for listening, and I will be back again most likely sometime later in the week. No guarantees. But no, I will be. I mean, well, there's no guarantee, because I can't guarantee I'll be here. Right? 
I can't guarantee I'll be here in an hour. So, but until then, I think if I'm here, I will release another episode. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.